Are you stuck with a stack of statements, a diversified pie chart, and no real retirement plan? If that's you, don't worry. Planning your retirement starts now. Welcome to the Retire Ready Podcast, hosted by Kyle Hammerschmidt of Mocan Wealth Management. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to this week's Retire Ready Podcast. I am excited to walk you guys through the Smart Tax Roadmap, the six steps to building a tax-efficient retirement plan. The end goal in today's podcast is to kind of help you understand that net, you know, not all incomes tax the same. So we're going to, you know, first step is going to be master provisional income. Step number two is going to be categorize your money by tax impact. Step number three will be order of withdrawals. What order you should properly spend your money based upon your household. Step number four will be measure your tax bracket capacity. Always a fun one. Step number five will be, you know, really deciding should we pay now versus paying taxes later. Um, step six will be the ongoing management. So before I dive in, I just kind of wanted to, you know, reach out to see if anybody has some advice for a, a two-year-old who likes to decide to jump downstairs and tumble down and smack their face on a post. <laughs> Any help out there, I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, but in the meantime, let's get rolling here through the podcast. Step number one is provisional income. If you're not aware of what provisional income is, that we call this master provisional income. This is going to be really how your, your Social Security benefits are taxed. This is a good step to help you understand, you know, how much of your Social Security could become taxable based upon your current strategy of how you're going to go about, you know, solving for your income in retirement. Um, so just to make this easy, you're going to take non-taxable interest, which is basically going to be your municipal bond income. Um, we're talking about muni bonds in a taxable account, not, you know, muni bonds held in retirement accounts. Any ordinary income you're going to collect for the year. So by the way, this is going to be annual amounts for the year. You're going to grab a pen, write these numbers down. Anything taxed to ordinary income rates. Well, Kyle, what could that be? That could be anything from, you know, you're going to keep working in retirement. you got a pension coming in. Anything you pull from your tax later accounts, IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, um, like I mentioned, pensions, anything that's going to be taxed at federal rates. What's that annual amount going to be? Any dividends and capital gains you collect from your taxable non-retirement accounts for the year, what's that annual amount potentially going to be? And then half of your Social Security benefit for the year. So if you're single and it's $30,000 a year, when you decide you're going to take your Social Security, you would put $15,000 in. If you're married and you run your numbers and it says when we claim it, it's going to be 60,000 a year, you would put in 30,000. So add all of those up again, non-taxable interest, ordinary income, plus dividends and capital gains, plus half of your social security benefit. That will really determine how much of your social security could be taxable. And then what you're going to do is if you're, let's say you're married filing jointly. If your number was over $44,000, which for Almost every single household that's out there, it will be. Why is because of a lot of your income right now is saved in tax defer, tax later accounts. And when you're going to withdraw that, it will be part of your provisional income. Again, when they changed all these rules, as it's, you know, back in the mid to late 80s, it's, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be a, a slap in the face because when they changed the rules on how Social Security would be taxed, it's right when you guys started saving all of your money in your 401ks. 
So again, if your number is over $44,000 right now, up to 85% of your social security could be subject to your, your federal marginal tax rate. Um, if it's between 32,000 and 44,000, which is almost very unlikely up to 50% and then 32,000 and under, you know, your social security is not taxed. And then if you're single, it's, if you're over 34,000, up to 85% of your social security could be taxable. Um, so again, for most of you, a good portion of your social security will be taxable at your marginal rates. And what you have to kind of understand about the table is you can basically look up the, the provisional income table and understand that at least not all the Social Security is taxable. Okay. So for let's just do a household example here. We got John and Jane Hopeful. Let's just assume they're over the age of 65, married, filing jointly. They're taking the, the standard deduction. Okay. So they got so I'm going to do some easy numbers here. So they got Social Security income, 60,000. Let's say they're going to pull about $50,000 a year from the traditional IRA. They need about $110,000 gross. Just super simple uh, case study here or scenario for you. Their provisional income is going to come out to $80,000. How do you get $80,000, Kyle? Half of their Social Security, which is $30,000, plus their traditional IRA, anything taxed at ordinary income rates, that gets you to $80,000. Now they're, my, they're married filing jointly over the age of 65. Taxable income is 86,600 bucks minus the standard deduction of $30,700. Again, in 2023, over age 65. Taxable income comes down to $55,900. That puts them in the 12% bracket, okay? So they're just gonna, okay, that, well, that's what we call the, the provisional income uh, conventional wisdom. They're assuming when they retire, they're going to be in a lower tax bracket and they are 100% true compared to where they were. The question comes in is, is that the lowest it could be? Are they setting themselves up for a tax trap by making these assumptions? Again, there's other additional planning details you have to keep in mind. They got about $19,000 of room inside their 12% bracket. They got about $92,000 of earned income room before they would hit a Medicare premium increase. And they got about $18,500 of room before their capital gains rate could potentially change. So I do have a question here for all of my listeners. Pop quiz, you know, what would, is $1,000 from your traditional IRA or $1,000 from your social security? Like, which is worth more to you to spend in retirement? You just got to think about that. And if you're paying attention, the answer is social security because no matter what, 15% of your Social Security is always going to be tax-free. 100% of your IRAs or 401ks will be subject to federal taxes. And then state tax will come down to the state you're living in. Another example, let's do John and Jane Hopeful here. Married filing jointly over the age of 65. Now let's say their Social Security for the year is $70,000. Maybe they, maybe they delayed Social Security to get more, $70,000 a year. They're going to have about $10,000 a year coming from their traditional IRAs or 401ks. At the time of taking their Social Security, now they have about $30,000 a year coming in from their Roth IRA. Their total income is $110,000, but now their provisional income comes down to $45,000 a year. Kyle, how'd you get $45,000 a year? Let me walk you through this. So half of their Social Security, $70,000 is $35,000 plus anything else tax at ordinary income rates, which would be their traditional IRA, plus another 10,000. 
the Roth IRA income, yes, they pay taxes on it up front, potentially at a higher rate. However, it, it does not show up in their provisional income. So now their provisional income is $45,000. Going back to their tax return, they're going to have $16,850 as taxable income minus the standard deduction of $30,700. That puts their taxable income at $0. That's a 0% federal bracket. Okay. So those are just big pictures, you know, side-by-side -side provisional, two different ways of doing it. One household potentially making assumptions, the other one kind of being more proactive and understanding the pros and cons. So now the, the second step is going to be categorize your money by tax impact. This is super simple. You're going to grab a pen and you're going to write down how much money do you have saved in tax later accounts, your pre-tax accounts, your 401ks, your 403bs, your IRAs, or your pensions. You know, contributions are made with pre-tax dollars. And then when you take that money out, they're going to be taxed as income at your ordinary income rates. You will also make a note that this is part of your provisional income, so it could potentially make your Social Security either one worth less on a monthly basis, or you're going to be paying more taxes on it. Next, you're going to write down how much money you have in tax now accounts. For a good chunk of you out there that are listening, you're going to put zero. For some of you, you're going to have some savings in these brokerage accounts. These are post-tax Again, contributions are made after tax, and then growth in the account might be taxable depending on what type of investments you're in or activity that's involved. You also just need to write down these capital gains, short-term, long-term, or dividends are part of the provisional income. So it could potentially make your Social Security one worth less on a monthly basis, but also more taxable. And then third funnel is your tax never. These are contributions made you know, this is your Roth IRA. So you're going to pay the taxes up front and then the distributions from that account are tax-free. So it grows tax-free, but also the distributions come out tax-free. They will not show up on your tax return and they also will not show up on your provisional income, which potentially the goal is it's going to allow you to actually keep more of your social security um, in retirement. So hopefully that makes sense, everybody. So step three, Understand the order of withdrawals. Everybody in that's listening, I always tell people this. You have a unique way of how your how this money you've saved up for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and you've accumulated, how it should be properly spent and what order it needs to be assumed in. So a withdrawal strategy goal would be to maximize the amount of money you can spend in retirement, you know, receive a higher lifetime after-tax income, enhance the longevity of your portfolio. Reduce the taxes paid over the course of retirement. I've yet to actually meet anybody that's opposed to doing that. But you have to understand it's it's really easier said than done because you have to bite the bullet typically up front to pay less long term. Withdrawal strategy goal number five would be to eliminate or reduce Social Security benefits from being taxed. Um, again, there's way the, the IRS tax code literally tells us what to do and not to do. And then maybe even put, you know reduce your Medicare premiums. Depending on how much you need in retirement, you're going to be you know around this threshold where you could be uh, eventually paying more Medicare premiums, or maybe you're in the future required minimum distributions will bump up your income so much um, that it's actually going to increase your healthcare expenses. Step number four is going to be measure your tax bracket capacity. Um, what you're going to do is look at the current tax tables as they exist today. 
And I would suggest looking at your either last year's tax return or get, getting a good idea of how much you know income you're going to show this year. For an example, um, 2023, a married couple filing joint. Let's just take a look at the 24% bracket. They could go all the way up from $190,750 to $364,200. You know, how much room is actually in that bracket before you would jump up to the 32% bracket? So that's always a great starting point is to, you know, see how much room you have in, in your existing tax bracket to see what type of opportunities or strategies would lay ahead. So an opportunity presents itself, you could take advantage of it. Again, really the main idea here is wherever you're at in your retirement plan, you have to start, you know, you're going to hear that a lot in the podcast is doing nothing will change nothing. Time is the only one, the time is the only thing that doesn't show up in your, your diversified pie chart and you will lose time the day you retire. You have time in accumulation. Um, so next step is going to be, you have to really decide, are you going to pay now or are you going to pay later, right? You don't want to just wing it. I've, you know, I've talked to so many people out there like, yeah, I've, I'm maximizing my social security because I'm going to wait longer to take it. That's not what that means. Social security is about how you take it, not when you take it. Yeah, Kyle, I did a Roth conversion last year. I go, that's great. Hopefully you did the right amount. And then like, what's your strategy moving forward? Like it's, it's not a one and done strategy. So again, pay now versus pay later. You really have to decide if you're going to pay later what you're going to do is go back to your funnels and you're going to keep a majority of your money in those tax later accounts, your 401ks and IRAs. You're not going to start you know, funneling it over to the Roth. Or if you're working right now, you're going to keep on just chunking away savings into your traditional 401ks or 457s or 403bs. You're going to take your deferred comp. You're going to keep adding new money to the tax later accounts because you're going to take the deduction today and pay the taxes over the course of your retirement you know, hoping, hoping that taxes stay low or you're going to pay tax or you're going to pay the tax today. You're either going to keep putting new money into the Roth 401k or Roth 403bs or Roth IRAs, or you're going to incorporate advanced tax strategies where you're going to basically do some type of Roth conversion, whether it's a market timing Roth conversion, where it's like, hey, in 2022, the, my portfolio was down by 15%. I have rules in place that if that ever happens, I'm going to take money from the tax deferred and move it over to the tax free. So that way, when the next bull market comes, I can basically move money shares over at a, at a lower price. And so they grow tax free. The other option could potentially be like bracket bumping Roth conversions. You're going to maybe you're in the 22 percent bracket right now and you're actually going to move over, show a bunch of income just to get over to the 24 percent bracket to kind of, you know, take advantage of that next bull market. And then really what you have to take a look at is step six. And step six is where you're going to do ongoing management. You know, not all money is taxed the same. Who should engage in tax planning? Those who think taxes will be higher in the future. Those who have ex excess room in your brackets. Those concerned about legacy planning for their surviving spouse. Like, you know, not everybody's going to have a bunch of whole life insurance later in retirement. So you want to make sure your surviving spouse, you understand they're going to go from filing joint to single. They're going to lose a social security check to fill up the gap. They maybe potentially have some tax-free income to spend so it doesn't bump them up tax brackets. Who else should engage in tax planning? Those with the majority of your money in those tax later accounts, you know, 
a lot of you don't have savings problems. You got a tax problem. So you got to figure out what's the best strategy to kind of, you know, get, get away from this potential tax problem that could be coming. And then lastly, those who want to maximize your social security in the beginning of the podcast, we talked about the provisional income and that helps you determine how much of your social security either can be taxable or will, will be taxable. So it helps you put strategies in place. Again, the whole point is you need more than just a diversified pie chart with the stack of statements. You know, a lot of advice people have got, you know, from their accumulations phase or whoever's doing their savings, maybe they're doing it themselves or paying somebody's, hey, don't worry, you know, Mr. and Mrs., once you hit this certain number, we can pull out four to five percent and everything will just be fine. So hopefully you guys, you know, enjoyed today's podcast of, you know, the six steps if you guys need more information, you know, check out the uh, mocanwealth.com website, get that retire ready toolkit in your hands. There's, you know, definitely a step-by-step process within that kit to kind of walk you through this. And if you're in the local Kansas City area listening, I highly suggest attending one of the um, retirement masterclass. Again, that's a two, two session, two hour, total of four hours. We're going to come learn a lot about this stuff live in a classroom setting. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast today and everybody have a great week. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Retire Ready Podcast. We hope you now take action to get your retirement plan retire ready. If you are interested in attending the upcoming Retirement Masterclass Workshop, visit us at retirereadyacademy.org to find more details on dates available and location. To get your Retire Ready Toolkit, please visit www.mocanwealth.com. Remember, when it comes to retirement, doing nothing changes nothing. Provided content is for overview and informational purposes only and is not intended and should not be relied upon as individualized tax, legal, fiduciary, or investment advice. The speaker and sponsor of this podcast, as well as the information presented, are not related to, endorsed by, nor connected with, and not approved by any government agency or organization. Investment advisory services offered by duly registered individuals through Creative One Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth, LLC, and Mocan Wealth Management are unaffiliated entities.